yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll just say hi, and then we'll go into um, Dave's weekend. Hi. Okay, Dave's weekend, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing this again. Show everybody, grab your Vaseline. The B team, yeah. The B team, the B team. Oh, that's right. The B team, baby. Oh my <laughs> God! Seriously, Omar, can we not start yeah, the dude, show we're right? Not, we're what? not smooth professionals. <laughs> People don't come here for professionalism. Oh, no, they yeah. don't. They know we're jackasses. That's clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? By the way, I'm aboard with the Vaseline now. Yeah. I think uh, I have warmed up to it. Me too. Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, DJ Omar Khan for the Kevin and Bean Show. I am Lightning, and to my left, to your right, as if you're the audience, <laughs> is Dave the King of Mexico. I'm actually behind you now. Oh, this is getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, big weekend for you. Yeah, it was pretty fun, man. Uh, I actually headed out to Chicago to uh, check out Lollapalooza uh, 2017, which is my favorite festival Really? Over Coachella? Ever. Way more than Coachella. Okay, so you and Dave have been going, you, you and Kevin yeah. have been going to uh, Lollapalooza in Chicago for, I feel like, like five, seven years, something uh, like we, that? We've gone twice, no, three times, I think, together, and uh, he was supposed to go this year, but couldn't make it, so I just said, you know what, I'm going to go anyways, because I love Muse, and they're going to play. Um, but why? they were great, right? <laughs> <laughs> three songs were great. Rained yeah. out, rained no, out. No, but the reason why it's my favorite festival is... It's at Grant Park. I don't know if you've ever been to Chicago. But, I have. But it's and I've been to Grant Park, but I can't figure out why this concert is so much better than Coachella. Because the, the spacing, it's so big, dude, that there's all these different stages, and none of the sound bleeds in together. The crowd is amazing, and most importantly, it's right in the city. They give you ins and outs, so you just go in. You know, watch a band oh, that you want. Cool. Watch a band that you want. Like, like I'll never ever go to Coachella. For an opening band, because right. one, once you're in, you're in, and you have to stay there the whole day. But then you so, could go check out a band, go have lunch, go freshen up, restaurant or yeah, whatever, well, go to your hotel, yeah, in the city. Oh, that's awesome! And then get right back in there. And that's cool. It's so much. So there's hassle no, free. There's no traffic problems. You've got no. Uh, there's everyone's Ubering in or taking the train. Okay. Or uh, yeah. Oh, mass transit. Duh. Yeah, mass transit. Yeah, and they have all these different entrances, so you're good. And then bars everywhere. That's cool. There, you can't walk like ten feet without a bar. But you have bars. You're talking about in in the festival or yeah, outside yeah, yeah. in the festival in, in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, in the festival, and you know you get. That's the pretty thing about Coachella that you have to be in the beer garden. Yeah, in the beer it's, garden. It, that I hate that you and then you you have to pull the move where you put the beer in your in your pocket and you're like walking <laughs> yeah. out or, or you do it in the back pocket. Yeah. Here's a tip: put one yeah, in the yeah, back yeah. pocket and one in your hand. You're like, oh, I'll pound hey, yeah, this one exactly. And then yeah, toss you know it what I mean. Keep going. And then you walk wrong and it spills all over you. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I love Coachella. I just think it's this cool. one is just like. It's so cool, and you're in the city, and the backdrop is amazing. Like, I love the mountains at Coachella, but the city the skyline of Chicago is amazing. I think they're just different shows. They, I don't want to crap compl- on, they, Chica- no, no, on Coachella. Not it's a, amazing. Not at all. Yeah. I love Coachella. But I'm just saying, like, it's completely different. This is a city show. What I also realized this year is it's a rock and roll festival. It's not, like, uh, just whatever is in pop Because right Coachella's now. got EDM with the Saharatan, yeah, and you've got yeah, yeah. indie, yeah, and it's has, occasionally hip-hop and stuff. But yeah, this is so— This Coach- is a lot of rock and roll. and a lo- I mean, there's hip-hop in this one, too. And they do have EDM, which is contained to one stage. Like, although Justice did close out the night on the main stage, 
it's mostly like all the acts are, and there's only like five acts per day on this on the Perry stage, which is the EDM stage, which is it was beautiful too. But uh, and Perry still Perry Farrell is still associated with the show, right? I mean, yeah, he, granted, he started it, but I didn't realize it. that he yeah, was. Yeah, it's it's him. Yeah, I saw him. Does he still curate? Yeah, the, the show. He does everything. He does. Yeah. Okay, I had a fun time. Uh, the reason why I went out was for Muse. And they played Thursday night. So it was Muse and Lord playing Thursday night, head to head. So we chose Muse. And about three songs in, it just starts pouring. I saw the video. It was crazy. Downpour. I did an Instagram live, and it literally, like, uh, no one could hear it because of the rain was so hard. And I was just sitting there underneath a golf cart, you know, the rain coming down. They only played three songs before they were asked to leave. And then the big emergency sign says, like, uh, must evacuate. Okay. And then lightning striking and everything. But the cool part about that was the next day, the Killers headlined. And they threw a shout-out to Muse and said, since you couldn't see a set by Muse, we are going to play a Muse song and covered Starlight by Really? Muse. Really? Yeah. yeah, so I took a little video of it, and this is what it sounded like. I love Brandon Flowers and the Killers as much as the next person, but that right there, listen, not so much. It's it's not the best version of Starlight you ever heard, but I think the crowd really appreciated the fact that they get to hear and sing along to a music song. Yeah. It turned into a giant sing-along. That's cool. And covers it, are always it, great. Covers it, are Yeah, great. but it was so, like, just the fact that they didn't get to hear that song, and, and it was just amazing, and the Killers were awesome, and, and I saw that Arcade Fire would close the show. Chance the Rapper had the... Biggest crowd I think I've ever seen gather up for anybody. He owns really? young people. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. he, he, if, you, well, if you're under like thirty, he owns you. Yeah, yeah, and you know he's a Chicago rapper, so like all Chicago came to see. And him. they love him because he's donated Dude, like so much money. So he's much. donated millions the, of dollars to Chicago. Out of the new dickholes, like um, who's that Percocet? Percocet. <laughs> I hate that guy. Who's that Mo- guy? Uh, you know, Future. Future, future, future. Yeah, I like Molly, the future Molly, and Percocet. Migos and all that. Yeah. I like Chance the Rapper. Adam well, like he's, well, he's, 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 he's not, not a mumble guy. He's not a mumble rapper. Yeah, yeah like okay, little, maybe, little, maybe. little Uzi Vert was, was there that okay. night. 21 Savage was, was there. Was Little Yachty there? Little Yachty oh, was Little Yachty. Little Yachty. <laughs> little Yachty. Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah. You're, you're making us have to edit a lot here, Omar. Oh, sorry. Watch your mouth. Seriously. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Chalice Gambino, because that guy is for real. Like, his music, I love his music. Man. But, and so you know what? He's not, and he's getting out of music. You know that, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Donald Glover Jr. He's going into acting full time, and he's he's hanging up the, the music. Uh, he does sucks. some stuff. He, yeah. he is amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dave, I'm curious, did any of the bands that you saw do any shouts or covers for Linkin Park and Chester since it's still pretty fresh? Not that I saw. Not really? That, yeah. Okay. So, Good question, question. Yes. Lightning. <laughs> Way to bum us out. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what time it is, Omar? Email time. Ooh, baby, baby, we're going to check the Yes, 
Yes. All right. We'll start off with Jeremy here. If you guys aren't live on the radio, therefore aren't at the mercy of the FCC, why do you still bleep curse words on the podcast? Yeah, why do we? Omar? <laughs> uh, can I answer that? Mm-hmm. It's because we work for a big corporation called CBS, and we like our jobs, and uh, we adhere to their laws, not FCC's. So they say we cannot cuss. Whether it's station. whether it's krock.com, whether it's a podcast, yeah. they say, look, if you wouldn't say it on the air, don't, don't say it, it on online. Yeah, and that's just their uh, that's their rule, and we uh, we we enjoy our gig here. Yeah, so we're not yeah. going to upset them. And yeah. so when I say, <laughs> you're going to hear that nice <laughs> beep, oh, right? Yeah. It's bleeped out. Another one from Michael Sugarman, a frequent writer here. How are the segments planned out for the show? I imagine you're constantly pitched with ideas from people promoting projects, but how do you decide that you're going to do a segment about, say, a news story from Australia on this day and something else that day? How does that happen? How do you plan the bits, Dave? So after every show, we get into a, 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 a meeting. We have a morning show meeting. And people throw out ideas, stories they've seen. You know, I, I pitch guests and stuff like that. And then we talk about it. And so once in a while, we'll throw out an idea of like, hey, have you seen this story? And, and then, you know, usually it's, hey, Ralph, what do you think if you want to do a voice of this? And Ralph will be like, well, what's your idea? I'm like, well, here it is. And then he's like, nope, that's stupid. And then not do <laughs> yeah, it. Or, or Ralph will, you know, be like, okay, you know, ah, that's not too funny. Then he'll find some sort of like weird yeah. angle on it and he'll turn it into uh, yeah, yeah, something so, funny. So we try to bounce off each other and, and uh, suggest things. And some people will have a discussion and, and not feel it. And then we'll be like, well, no, you're just completely wrong. Here's why. And then it'll change the mind and we'll do it on air. And some some days the show is already planned. Like Kevin and Bean do a pretty good job, Bean especially, yeah. of planning the next day's show during the show. Like he'll like jot down notes and stuff. And um, sometimes 95% of the schedule is already laid out. You know yeah. what I mean? So we uh, we just kind of so, go. So on, on Monday, you know what you're doing. Tuesday before the show is even over on Monday. Sometimes, exactly. Not, yeah. Like today, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so then you know we have we, we I mean sometimes the meetings last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like today there were forty five minutes. You know, and we have to kind of like iron out uh, the details. And a perfect example that there was there was a, a Twitter video that Ali sent Kevin, and she didn't think it would really work for a break. But I mean the listeners will hear it tomorrow. But I guess there's enough in there where Kevin's like. Yeah, this guy is such a dumbass. This is very funny audio. The audio is only about 45 <laughs> seconds, but he's going to be able to clown him so much that it'll make an entire break. Gotcha. So, yeah. But uh, can I tell you a quick story about our man, Kevin? Yeah. So we were in a meeting last week, and oh, you got to refresh my memory. But <laughs> So we're coming up with games to give away something. And the TV. The TV. Yeah. And Omar oh, TCL co- widescreen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Omar comes up with this awesome game title and what was it no, called no, no, it wasn't me it was ralph. Oh, ralph it's like he's all like oh that's real talk right there man yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah so so we write it down like all right cool so we're going through the schedule uh kevin asks so what's the name of the game like two minutes two minutes fly by <laughs> two minutes like, yeah like hey and he's always like... in his little corner right there and he, he he's just like checked out on his phone or i don't know what he's doing dude <laughs> but everybody like looked at, it was one of those moments where everybody's like looking at each other like is this real is this real yeah and ralph's all like real talk right there man <laughs> Yeah, the meetings, uh, it, it, sometimes they go by smooth, and sometimes they're contentious, and how I think did, those yeah. are good. How did you run them? Because I remember like when I first started, you we would go to uh, Taco Bell. 
and yeah. sit there. Yeah, well, we used to go to uh, the Talleyrand or Taco Bell or yeah. uh, the, there was various restaurants oh, around the Burbank area, right? Before the internet, where you guys had to there, go, what was your go-to? Yeah, there was no internet. Newspapers. I mean, talk, at 10.15, at we're like, let's get out of here, let's clear our heads, and we would go to the Talleyrand, which is like a an old person's version of Denny's. We were by far the youngest people in there. Or <laughs> right. we would go to Taco Bell, and we would rap with our friend who later passed away from gout. It was the guy behind the countertop. <laughs> oh, you The guy serious? behind the counter. Yeah, oh, this man. really fun guy who was like, hey, Kevin and Bean. And right. we'd always, yeah, hook us up with some free extra That's tacos funny. and stuff. <laughs> and we had green fingers. Oh, and, and, yeah. and, I don't want him touching my food. Yeah. He had, no, but it, well, he wasn't touching our food. The person, uh, he was taking our money. And uh, it was, so we would go there, and we would rap, and it would say, like, we knew what they had. Maybe the funny bits that we want to do the next day, and and we knew some of the headlines. We didn't get a chance to hit that, you know, that earlier that morning. Right. I, I just think, and and you're in a goofy app, you know, a, a goofy state of mind. And, at a, oh, at back a, then, at a, it was it Kevin Bean and you? Was Jimmy there? Adam? It, it depends on what era. I mean, okay. at the very beginning, it was it would be like Maria, and I don't, you know, I don't think we went to. Breakfast with Maria. Maria was the uh, the second producer. There was Julie, and then Maria D'Arcangelo who hired me, and then there was Frank Murphy, and then there was Cortland Cox, and there was Mark Davis, and then Jimmy Kimball. There's a lot of guys that kind of did that producer Mark role. Davis was the producer. He of wasn't. The show? He, he was a writer. He oh, was in the okay. same role, a similar role to Jimmy Kimball, um, where he was on the air and writing behind the scenes. Right. Mark Davis. If you guys don't know, it's. He's at Richard Cheese. Check Richard out Cheese. Lounge Against the Machine. It's very funny stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, he was also Paul, the 55-year-old intern, and Shakespeare man. Oh, and uh, uh, Bob Hope. And yeah. he was, yeah. Killer Bob Hope. Yeah. Killer, yeah. killer Bob Hope. I always thought it was like that scene in Blank Man where they're just throwing darts at topics, and that's what you guys are talking it about. Wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> really. So we, we, we had a, an epiphany at one point where someone said, you need a grid because you know you have to talk four times an hour, and between those times you play the songs. And so at, at some point, we just created a physical grid on a piece of paper that's had 610, 620, 640, 650. I've heard Bean and, K- uh, give uh, K-Dub props for that. I think that, that. might have been his. Like, yeah. okay, you guys are idiots because we have, uh, you know, we have a, a pie chart that shows the songs when you play them throughout the hour. Why wouldn't you have one of these for, for – right. because prior to that, it would just be – me on a piece of paper and just writing the times. We, and so this I've heard way, Kevin it, say, like back in the day, they literally had no idea what they were going to do next. Yeah, they were just kind of like you know they had like Lightning was saying a bunch of these topics with paper, you know, and papers. Ke- Kevin that lives the show, and, yeah, and they would like you know hit the song after a break, and they'd be like, okay, what are we going to do next? No, I mean I you, can't imagine like running like like working on a show like that. That's not entirely true. Really, we, we knew what we wanted to get to that day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all willy nilly really? because there was pre- preparation. They need there, there were guests that were <laughs> that were slotted. There were. If you were going to do a, this, before the funny voice bits, there were man on the street. You knew when those things were going to happen. I, I remember Kevin um, telling me one of the funniest things. Um, you know, the Kevin B we know now, they they could talk forever. Okay, they, they they're they're seasoned pros. Kevin uh, told me that they, this is, it would blow your mind when they first started. If they could get a break that lasted two minutes, they would they would turn off the mics right. and high five each yes. other. They'd yes. Be like, yes, nailed it. Can you believe that? Are but that changed me? really quickly in the early nineties. Yeah. Really quickly, where they got to a point where they could do a twenty minute break. Right. You know, they could uh, what we call a break. You, know, you guys in the audience are thinking a break would be breaking for a song or commercial. No, a break is a live on air break, so a segment that those would last. We'd have twenty twenty two minute segments sometimes. I think generally the sweet spot throughout the 90s and 2000s was somewhere around 9 to 11 minutes wow. for a segment. 
And you know, you've got the setup, the meat, the punchline. Right. And, uh, and sometimes they would carry over. If you're doing a man on the street bit and something goes haywire and you need to go to commercial and come back and, and check in with that person again, or it's, if it's a guest and they go over and you're doing two segments like that. But generally speaking, I think they're around nine-ish. Right. Yeah. Right? And like today, and, yeah, definitely it's trimmed down to seven, six minutes. It's like, yeah, nine-minute breaks. Like, what? No way. Well, we like, got to squeeze in commercials and music and all that stuff. And yeah. we would blow out songs, too, which Mr. Weatherby would be pissed about. <laughs> Every single time, he's like, the people want to hear their music. Don't <laughs> cheat them on the music. So that was the thing. Is if we were into something really good, it was a really funny bit. It was, it was unpredictable. You didn't know how it was going to end. And we had to carry people. We couldn't just end it. We're like, just blow out the song and right. just run yeah. long. And we did that quite often. That's crazy. Yeah. So about you know to Michael's question here, how do the shows get planned? I think it's generally Dave the same way that yeah. that we did then. You're a little more organized and structured than we were then, and and we went out every day after the you know after the meeting. And I think a lot of the times we would go to a restaurant like Fuddruckers up in Burbank by the Media Center Mall. I don't even know if it's still there. I don't think so. And you know, and being like ordered a sandwich one time, like a fish sandwich, and it was the world's god. The, goddamn hottest sandwich ever like he burnt his fingers he burnt his tongue he burnt his lips and that was a bit and that's that, content yeah and that's content so yeah. a lot of times we would go and we'd discover things we'd have conversations that you know when you're in the studio here you're kind of guarded right. and you don't reveal that much about yourself but as soon as you get outside of the walls of this building you're like oh my gosh my girlfriend just broke up or and you're more this yourself. happened or right. i got a flat tire and had to walk on the freeway for a mile you're like what oh we got to talk about that so yeah. It really helped, you know, generate a lot of this interesting content that was kind of left to center. Yeah. And um, so anyway, that's how a lot of things get planned. Um, did Beer Mug really get drunk and not know how he wound up in a bush in a random location? Yes. Yes. That is true. That is true. Yes. Michael, yeah, that's true. Nothing, nothing more to say than nothing, that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yep, that's true. This is from uh, Sharon. Do more, guys. Okay. All right. Yes. Yay, Sharon. Yes, Sharon. Christopher. Hey, Lightning, the podcast is great. Keep up the great work. I remember a bit in the mid-90s where Kevin Bean and Jimmy were trying to market Kevin and Bean gravy. You should try to revisit those clips and bring back the gravy. So, Chris, we never actually made gravy. Jimmy was obsessed with making gravy. Jimmy was obsessed with but making you guys, you a product. You guys actually tried to make the gravy, but the, no, like I the don't FDA think FDA said no, no, no. I don't know if we got that oh, far. Really? Oh, okay. I, I don't think we got. Jimmy may have done some legwork, okay. and actually gone that far to like find a manufacturing plant and so forth. But you're right. Jimmy loves to cook. It's not just Jimmy loves right. to cook. Oh yeah, Jimmy's um, amazing. Yeah. If, if Jimmy says I'm going to make you a sandwich, eat it. It's right. going to be the best you've ever had. Yeah. But Jimmy wanted to bring a product to market with the Kevin and Bean logos and face and the whole thing and put it on so we could walk into a, you know, into a Ralph's and, and buy Kevin something and with gravy. Kevin and Bean. Yeah, Kevin and Bean gravy. And gravy That's was funny. just funny, by the way. Right. Gravy is just it is, it comedy is, it trigger work. Yeah, totally. Right? Absolutely. And, 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 and Jimmy, that is something that to this day Jimmy's still pissed at Kevin and Bean for because they said no. They, did, they were not on the gravy train. <laughs> you see? I'm telling you, can we file this? Uh? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they were they were not they were not cool, and management didn't get it. And Jimmy was out of his mind. Like you guys, this is a huge mistake. We need to make gravy. <laughs> so why isn't there Jimmy Kimmel live gravy? Uh, oh my god, I, that's I so can't. Funny. I couldn't tell you that. I don't know. Uh. I don't think Jimmy has the time to develop long, um, extended through lines on his television show. 
Meaning like this would have been something that he would talk about all the time. He would have been – we would have given away gravy on the air. We'd have gravy parties. We'd have gravy tastings. So I was under the wrong impression. I actually thought that there were jars of Mm-mm. gravy. No. So it never actually took off. Or it, no, was just, it was Jimmy, just something they talked about? Jimmy Kimmel is an artist. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Kimmel will say – that if he had not been on TV and radio, he would have been a, a either a comic book artist or someone who does the comics. And he's an, an incredible artist. Mm-hmm. And he drew um, a bunch of stuff that I still have hanging in my office. And one of the things was the label for the Kevin and Bean gravy. And I think that he took a um, like a ragu spaghetti sauce mm-hmm. jar or something like that and put a label on it to show <laughs> people what it would look like so they could conceptualize it and say – he was just trying to convince That's anyone. That's so he could. funny because I thought they went through the process. They mm. bottled some gravy, and the mm. FDA said, "Nope, not to my knowledge." That's so funny. I now, must have, maybe I made that up in my head. Who knows? Yeah, you, know you what think I mean? they put in a little extra work? Huh? Yeah. Now, did this have anything to do with the potato? The potato that oh, made its way on all the I, movie sets. I love yeah. that. I no. love that. You were part of that. Yeah, the potato. But, I remember. It, I, I used to like. Uh, it was on the Drew Carey show. And I used to make, ah, oh, there's a potato. There's a Kevin B. potato. I just think that that was one of those goofball <laughs> things. So, so a lot of you have no idea what we're talking about. And that was we had a potato. God, what did that thing look like? It was a potato. It, it was, was just a potato. A, it was just yeah. a potato. But I, I can't remember. The I think it was a sweet just, potato. It was long. and There's and, something distinctive yeah. about it. Right. But it, so we were – we wanted to get it onto TV shows. You would pitch and, it to everybody that came on. And yeah. it ended up on, like you said, the Drew Carey yeah. show. I think and Dharma and Gray. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the famous potato. And so we would – friend whether it was one of the actors or the producer the director and when we when, whenever we were doing an uh, an interview on the air at the end we, Kevin Armino would say oh by the way this is going to sound weird but we have a we have a potato that we'd like to get on your set could you place it on like a desk or by the computer yeah. or maybe up in the coffee rack or whatever and it made it onto some shows and like the best. yeah i would love to hear that pitch hey drew uh this is drew Carey. i have a pitch for you i'm going to put my friend's potato on the show it was just an inside that. joke it was just yeah. it was a lot of this. okay so with with jimmy i don't know if that was a Jimmy idea, but that was in the same line of thinking. Jimmy was obsessed with doing things that he didn't publicize. Like, right. you know, we would get the potato on there and we would be excited to see the potato. And that was like an inside joke for a lot of our fans. But the, the, the average Joe would have no idea. For example, Jimmy, you know, is in a bunch of infomercials that no what? one knows about. Jimmy's in, I think it's a shake weight commercial. Wait, and is this he's pre Kevin and Bean. This or? is this is after Kevin and Bean when he was doing the Man Show or Crank Anchors, one of those two. Yeah. And he told one of his producers, "I want to be in some infomercials, but don't tell anyone." Okay, oh, so okay. this isn't for publicity. This is this not. Is, he this just is, wanted to do that. This is just entertaining himself. So if you guys Google Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, infomercial. You'll have to do a little digging, but they're out there. They're on YouTube, and he'll be. And, and he's, he's on and, and he's for a split second, he's dressed up in like leotards doing a shake wake. So, and it doesn't say who it is. It's just right. a guy. And it's him. It's, it's just him. And, and you're like, what? He's, and he, he's super happy. Yeah, right, we might have to that. find those. And go I love that. We'll have yeah. those. Uh, this is Tim. I've been listening to the Kevin and Bean show since I was 13 years old. I'm now 26 and listen to the podcast every day. This podcast is really cool. Blast from the past. And I truly enjoy hearing about all the old shenanigans that used to be um, that you guys used to do and keep up the awesome work. That's Tim from Las Vegas, by the way. This one is from uh, Ghetto Cash. Okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> Kevin said about Quincy Jones to oh, the whole this guy can't even put a sentence together. Kevin said about Quincy Jones to get his black ass up here. Really? All right, so it wasn't Kevin that was being. Was so being. on our last podcast, mm-hmm. Beth, former intern, 
as you'll recall, was put in a really sticky situation where she went down to go get Quincy Jones, who is one of the most respected men in entertainment, period. Right? Mm-hmm. You'd agree? Yeah. So Beth, the intern, is downstairs. We had, we're up on the ninth floor. She's downstairs waiting for Quincy Jones to show up. He's late. Bean on the air says, when's Quincy Jones going to get his black ass up here? Or something of that nature. <laughs> Quincy is in the limo on the way over. Hears it. Yeah. Hears it. Beth has no idea. She's got no radio. She's downstairs. She collects. He finally shows up. She collects him, gets him in the elevator, and he's just stone-faced and not having it. Yeah. And so right. that is what uh, Ghetto Cash is, uh, is referring to. <laughs> oh, so, yes, man. that really happened. KCD says, um, how did Bean end up being a remote member? Is there a story there? Uh, I believe the story is that Bean just hated California. Like he hated the drive. He hated uh, – you know, just getting up and and just sitting in traffic and doing yeah, the things. traffic was the deal. breaker. Yeah, it was the deal yeah. breaker. And he had a farm at the time up in by Magic Mountain, and he wanted more space for his animals. And so then he just found a place in Washington and picked the, up yeah, and the, moved. The, the technology was there, and uh, we were willing to try it, and uh, yeah. it worked out. You Kevin know? and Bean yeah. had been together for over a decade, and they also knew each other when they were doing radio in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so Bean comes from a military background. I think his dad was in the Navy. Right. But he traveled no idea, all over. No. I think he's an Arby Brad. Yeah. Mm. So but he traveled his whole life. So as a child, you know, he's born in the UK, he's born in England, and then right. he's went to Maryland and all over the place. So his lifestyle growing up was to move, right? He was not scared of being transient, you know, and, and, and being, place to place. Yeah, and he really has I think his entire life, even his adult life, has moved every five years. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Five, and, wow, and, that's insane. And yeah. in radio until, until he moved to Seattle, I think he was in Seattle for the longest. I think he was there about maybe like nine years before right. you know he uh, moved out to New Orleans. And in radio, you people, you just program. You're going to get fired. And you're going to go to another station, or you're going to get a better offer. So, yeah. and he had bounced around from station to station, starting college radio. So right. moving was no big deal. As a matter of fact, I, he looked forward to moving. And Donna, they had been wed for you know a couple of years, and she was like, yeah, let's get out of town because she was. She went to gemological school, and she uh, she was gemologist, and then she was starting up. Uh, she started up Elsa Katz, designing, yeah, designing, designing clothes, a couture, yeah. and that yeah. was amazing. So Seattle was a great a, gr- a great place for them to go. So yeah. they ended up there, and like Omar said, it was um, really good for the technology. Um, it was yeah. at the right time. Five years prior, we couldn't have pulled it off, but uh-huh. anyway, it worked out, and the guys had spent the better part, like I said, of a decade together. So they knew the cadence; they didn't step on each other. Um, Their timing's flawless. So he's. Uh, I think some people may not know, Bean still has a spot up in Vashon, and yeah. he also bought Jay Thomas's old house yeah. in New Orleans, mm-hmm. a historical landmark in New Orleans, and I got to go. Dave, have you been there? Oh, you I were there. I have been. Yeah, I have been. It's nice. Yeah. It looks really cool from the yeah, pictures. It's really cool. Uh, KCD also asked, I'd like to hear a bit about Ralph. How did he start out there? This is not the first person that's asked that question, and- Prior to Ralph, we had had Jimmy, Cortland, Mark Davis, Adam Carolla, Adam Carolla, a bunch of people who had done voices. We did April Fool's bits better than anybody else in the country. We did, we fooled millions of people, and we wanted to do oh, one. The good old days. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to do, we, we can't do it legally anymore. I mean, right. this is not just like, uh, Kevin and me are lazy. That's not the case. They mm-hmm. would do it in a heartbeat. It kills being that he cannot do April Fool's jokes. Yep. Radiohead was in town. This is April 1st, 1998. Radiohead is in town to play uh, a, a show at, I think, where was it? Universal Amphitheater. Universal Amphitheater, thank you. And we had this silly idea. Um, Tom York has, you know, one eye that looks 
in another direction right. slightly, maybe just 10, 20 degrees yeah. off. And the bit is that he would come into the studio and Bean would make fun of him and then bad things would happen. Right. And I want to play you this audio because a lot also, of you... Uh, the reason... Um, let's back up a step. The, 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 the reason Ralph got introduced it was because at this time the man show was taken off. So Jimmy and Adam were on their way out. So Adam was roommates with Ralph at the time, who Ralph was, you know, struggling actor who was funny, and Adam knew he was funny, and but he was just bartending at the time, and Adam came to Kevin and Bean's like, hey, we know this guy, he might be a good fit, and you know, and back then, like, I don't think Ralph had any kind of radio experience, you know, and then they just decided, like Kevin and Bean are, they just give people chances, you know what I mean? And right. It, which, you know, I mean, obviously it was great for the Kevin Bean show because, you know, look at Ralph now. I mean, dude's amazing. I think uh, Ralph joined us one afternoon at the Talleyrand and kind of auditioned and, oh, did, <laughs> and did Tom York, and we were like, oh, my Lord, yeah. done. Now, Ralph's going to sound familiar to you guys because you hear him every day on the radio, but remember— this is the first time Ralph's on the air. No one had ever heard Ralph. And and Tom York is kind of reclusive at this time. He, Tom York doesn't do interviews, so no one really knows what Tom York sounds like. Hit it. Okay, before we start with Tom, though, Casey, just get it out of the way. Just say hi. Just shake his hand. Just meet him. Hi, hi, hi Tom. <laughs> there we go. Okay, right. Seriously, I'm like freaking out. Okay, why don't you go sit in the back of the room and let us talk to <laughs> Tom? <laughs> Fine. That's all we've been hearing about, Tom, from uh, Casey as an intern here at uh, K-Rock, and uh, she sees you every time you guys come to town. Tom York from Radiohead, by the way. Here. And uh, that's all we've been hearing about is how she can't wait because she knew you were coming in today, and she was just so excited. Well, thank you. It was very nice. You're probably used to that, I would imagine. Now, the last time we saw you, Tom, was under very different uh, circumstances than your big sold-out show at uh, Universal tonight. You were playing the K-Rock Weenie Roast last summer. Uh, yes. You remember remember that show? (laughs) It didn't didn't seem like uh, you were in the best of moods, if um, you don't mind my saying. I just think it was a case of (laughs) artist and venue being perhaps not quite properly matched. <laughs> it was one of those deals where it was, a, it was an enormous show, and we had a lot of your countrymen there. We had Oasis was on the bill, and Blur was right. on the bill, and uh, and the Chemical Brothers, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a great show, but it was tough to give everybody the prime spot, and you had to go on in the middle of the afternoon, yeah, after yeah. the Boston's, I think, and it just, the audience, it just wasn't the right environment for your music, because it's so moody. It was, it was like an episode of Baywatch, really. <laughs> beach balls going around. And, um, and I think your exact words were, uh, here's another effing song that uh, you'll effing hate. If you say so. If I'm not <laughs> mistaken. You are playing, uh, you're doing, uh, you have a bunch of different opening acts. You weren't by any stretch of the imagination listening on your way in, were you, Tom? <laughs> Actually, I was, yes. But luckily, I can look at both of you now with my... Let me apologize ahead of time for my friend Bean making jokes about your eye. Uh-huh. All right, now that was... He didn't mean anything by it. It was just... Oh, obviously. How could I mistake that for just... meaning anything by it, talking <laughs> about my bad eye? Tom, I'm really sorry about that. I, you uh... know what? Uh, I'm just... I'm, just I'm, I'm embarrassed. I can't believe Kevin brought it up, but... Uh, right, let's just, continue. You've probably heard... I mean, you've heard that before. You, you've moved on. We obviously haven't, but apparently you have moved on past that, right? Well, yeah, I was born with it, you know, so I'm right. all through. Childhood. Well, I'm sorry about that. Children can be cruel, so, and so can on-air personalities, yeah. can't they? Uh, what, what is it uh, about the Radiohead Live experience that seems to suck people up? Can you tell, I mean, why do people, are, they say, you know, you're, you're a great band on record, but it's just another universe. Maybe we should ask Casey this question, but when people I go know, to see your... I know, all right. I know the answer. <laughs> what is it about these guys that you love so much in concert? They just have an amazing energy. I'm sorry, I don't mean to like embarrass you or anything, but it's no. it's the most intense, the most amazing live show I've ever seen. You just seem to have like this incredible vibe, intensity, like everything going... I'm totally gushing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so close to Tom York right now. <laughs> so, some- 
You should have edited this better, Lightning. This is really boring. <laughs> listen, listen, here's, okay. this is super boring. No, 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 no. Omar, Omar, Omar okay, hey, yeah. here's the thing. F you. And here's here's the reason I left all this. Yeah. Because I wanted to hit home. This is the real guy, right? This is right. the interview. This is not like they're not racing to get to the punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when the punchline hits, you're going to know it. So Casey, the concert cow intern, was in there playing the role, sucking up to him, the whole thing. Is the concert if, cow? We called her Casey the Concert Cow. Yeah, Why? she was pretty hot, though. She oh, was really? she was yeah. not a cow yeah, by any wow, stretch of imagination. So listen, I want to play this because Ralph is selling this. Okay. And Kevin and Bean are selling it big time. It's yeah, a straight it's pretty interview. Good, pretty good acting from Kevin and Bean, by the way. I was really surprised by that. Okay. Keep going. Shall we continue? Yeah, please. Tom York right now. <laughs> so, sometimes you sense that he's looking at you in the audience and also somebody else on the other side right. of the audience. All right. All right. All right. All right. See, why do you have to keep going there? All right. <laughs> because you brought what it up. What is your preoccupation with my eyes? No, he's just, he's just making jokes. All right. Um, but when you, uh, what does he try to do uh, on stage? I mean, it's clearly more than just reproducing the records the way you've made them. No, it's, it's more fun for us if we do... Um, the songs differently live than we do them on the record. I mean, it's no fun just to reproduce the record. So when we go on stage, we like to, you know, have a good time, and we want everyone in the audience to have a good time, and, and that's really what it's all about. There's a lot of controversy, Tom. I'm sorry to interrupt about uh, your band not performing on the Grammys or, or in, maybe even boycotting yeah, the Grammys yeah. because you, of you couldn't perform. What was that all about? It, it really um, was a, a taking out of context. It's just that... Um, only one of us was in New York at the time, and everyone else was off doing other things all over the world. And it was, uh, we don't get much time off, so we just didn't want to um, uh, have to get back together, you know, for that. So, What about the part that they, you, they wouldn't let you perform, right? Right. Um, we, had, uh, we wanted to do a song, but they didn't think it would be... Um, I don't know the right format for that song. Mm. They, well, they're... it's a tough sell to much of America to have you know you on there with the eye for seven minutes or something. <laughs> 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 oh, you know what, what I mean? The hell is wrong with I'm you? I'm just saying, people who don't know oh. your band, Tom, they come across you on the TV, they tune in for Shania Twain, and they see you staring back, and it's uh-huh. frightening to children. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, you know uh, what? Let's we're gonna take a break. Uh, Tom has brought his uh, guitar with him today. Okay, uh, now Omar, pause it for one second. Okay, uh-huh. so I made you sit through that because that happened live in the air. All right, the guys are selling it, and it's a legit interview. Right, and Mm-mm. there's no shenanigans. And they had been building up. You know, Beans is jabbing him mm-hmm. every once every minute. He does an eye joke, an eye <laughs> joke, and then we play the song. I want you to listen to this. Right, play the song here. All right, here we go. It's Tom York live on the world famous K Rock with fake plastic trees. Green plastic watering can for a fake Chinese rubber plant and a fake plastic. Girl. Okay, so we're cutting away now to this to this live song. This song had not been released at this point. Oh, that's this we funny. got the heads up that there was an acoustic version of fake plastic trees. Just Tom and a guitar, no band. It's so perfect. None of the fans have heard it. None of the fans had heard it at this point. Uh-huh. And so you talk about selling it. Everyone thinks, okay, Tom's there. Bean's making fun of him. He plays a song. There's no question that Tom York is in studio. Right. Hit the next piece. Tom York, a radio head on the world famous K Rock. Yes. 
106.7 KROQ. I thought for a while we'd never hear that one again. I'm glad to hear you uh, do that. And the funny thing is, Kevin, is if you're watching Tom when he's performing that, one eye is on the guitar while he's playing the right. song, right. and the other eye is turning out Casey. Oh, come on. No, he's just kidding. He's just kidding. He's just kidding. Jesus Christ, Tom. I expect to be treated this way. I didn't mean anything. He's just kidding. Okay, so we let that all play on the air. Right. It went to that point, and then we went to commercial. Uh huh. So now the listeners, we can only imagine sitting in their car going, "What the f- just happened? Right. Did they really get in a fight with Tom York?" Well, I can tell you that station management thought we got in a fight with Tom York. <laughs> the venue thought we got in a fight with Tom York. Mm-hmm. The label, the record label, thought we got in a fight with Tom York. Right. The people flipped out. But there was isn't didn't something else happen with uh, um... so we so then um, we the next break is Bean's not with us mm-hmm. because Bean went to the hospital and there was some like we did a, <laughs> he did a phoner I think from the hospital to go apologize to Tom and there was there was some some follow up you know as the day went on mm-hmm. but like people were pissed. Was fans were calling in, going, "Is my ticket still good for tonight?" Like, it I, was, that's I was, what I remember yeah. hearing that a lot of people didn't go to the show because there was word that Tom had canceled. Yeah, are you kidding? That's me? That's a legit April Fool's joke. So right the prize there. is yeah. the uh, party in the pit passes and the backstage oh, passes. What are you doing <laughs> there? Sorry, I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> yeah, bad. I remember being a phone op during that time and uh, just answering those calls of "Is the show canceled? Is the show canceled?" And I think uh, our management was pissed. Oh wow! Because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> April Fool's jokes generally were successful with us from uh, Mall of America West to the Blink One Eighty Two out at uh, Ontario. Uh, yeah, the it, private show, the yeah. 909 apology show. Yeah, the 909 <laughs> apology show, exactly. I mean, the tell more us, people it pissed about, off. Tell us about the April Fool's you almost uh, f***ed up, though. Um, Which one was that? It was one that you guys went down to TJ, and you guys oh. recorded a bunch of stuff, <laughs> and Kevin, like, he, 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 uh, he thought you edited something. I can't point my finger. It was them crossing the border. It was crossing back into the U.S. Yeah, but Lightning left the the, the tape run, like the edit of like, hey, so uh, we're going to air this tomorrow at what time? Like, you were discussing the scheduling. Discussing like how, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And And Kevin like was hearing it and he luckily, he was able to get out of delay. But you had left that on the dat when it was playing. It was on like supposed tape? to be really. Yeah, you don't remember this? I blocked it out purposely. <laughs> I, I don't know if you can tell, but I, I do not. I do not remember that. You guys brought this like a, a, a felt painting of Mr. T. Yes, remember and that it was still so is killer, killer, dude. Yeah, so the killer. velvet Mr. T. That's I so funny. don't know why. We, I, so uh, we got to have the audio. We'll explore that on a later show. But it was something to do with the guys were going to illegally cross back into the U.S. Yes. Why though? What, what I don't remember why. Because they just wanted to see if they could make it back. They just uh, do make it? it. Yeah, if they wanted to cross back illegally, and you guys acted like you did, and then <laughs> you left the tape running. Up. Hey, so, so that was that was fun. Kevin uh, was pissed. Yeah, are we gonna air this tomorrow uh, at six twenty? So or? funny. <laughs> I yeah. Mm, I was mm, not I, so much. I, I was still a phone up at that time. I was like, what the hell's going on yeah. with with the Mr. T painting? I was like, these guys are a bunch of weirdos. That's when Bean did Viagra uh, in Mexico. Yeah, oh yeah. my. 
gosh, I do. Yeah, this is this is coming back to me and now. He got like a he got like a freaking like a big headache or something that lasted for <laughs> days <laughs> because he Viagra. Viagra. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, well, so that that uh, that happened. The Viagra days. So guys, uh, Omar, we were talking about the tally rant earlier. How we used to go after the show to plan our you know the next day, mm-hmm. and I had something that kind of relates to the tally rant, but I think you'll get a cake. Oh, I think we'll get a kick out of this. Uh, let's do the intro first. All right. Member, member this. Member, member this. Member, member this. It's time to reminisce. I really need you to re-record that. I, I'm growing to love it. I think I like you doing the country yeah. intro. Oh, that's funny. So the tally rand. I don't know the year of this, but it's mid nineties, and Carson Daly is our evening jock mm-hmm. before Stryker. And this is uh, we we decided we need to do. Uh, we're giving away some tickets, and the man on the street is not going to be me or Big Tad or Michael the maintenance man. It's going to be Carson. Is this TRL Carson already? Or no? This, this is, is prior, right? this is right before TRL Carson Daly. Right, right, this right before. is before he's the huge star that we know today. Carson, by the way. Um, I wasn't a huge avid listener of K Rock, but um, I, I, I would hear Carson from time to time. One of my fondest memories of listening to K Rock was listening to Carson. And like Lightning said, we were on the ninth floor of this building in Burbank. And on the bottom floor, there was this restaurant slash bar. Dolls. 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 Yeah. I'd have had a, a lot of good times at Dolls, right? So what he would do is if he would, like, you know, play a Nirvana song or Pearl Jam song, whatever. And he would not have a board up anybody or anyone in there, right? So he would start a song and he would talk up the intro. And he's like, "All right, guys, um, I'll be back. I'm going to go downstairs to Dalt. If you guys hear de- dead air, I didn't make it on time. <laughs> yep. So then he would go downstairs, Jack and hus- Coke. He would get a Jack oh, and was Coke. That what yep. it was? Yeah. Yep. And then he would, he, and then he would hustle up, and you could hear him out of breath. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just in time to hit the next song. It was, it was, it was. I was like, dude, what a boss! <laughs> what a great job, by the way. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where you could do that. Yeah. I love." So we were trying to promote him and, and give him props and let people know he was on in the afternoons. And so he was the morning show guy for a minute, helping us out. So the prize is the uh, Party in the Pit passes and the backstage passes for the 7th Annual K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. The contest is to bring us an old person. Carson, our <laughs> night guy, is down at the Talleyrand Restaurant in Burbank at 1700 West Olive. Carson, what do you got so far? thing I've ever been a part of in my life. <laughs> are people starting record of saying? Are people showing up? Are you kidding me? Really? It's funny because it really did turn into an old person roundup this morning. <laughs> let me let me tell you what's funny is that uh, you know this contest pretty much is going to be for San Fernando Valley folks just because we're only giving you an hour. This particular one, yeah. right? This particular one, but. Every old person in the San Bernardino Valley certainly knows where the Talleyrand is. Oh, yeah. They all we know. There. We have been there. We've seen, you know, the average age at the Talleyrand is about 75. That's true. If you're on your way to Talleyrand and you have somebody who's like 50, 60, maybe even in their 70s, just go home. Really? Are you serious? I think I have the winner here. I swear to God, no one's going to beat this. Really? Well, maybe he should tell us so we know the age to beat. She actually brought Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. How, how old is this person? Well, we had a little bit of a bidding war. We had Max, who's sitting right here. He's <laughs> just getting rained on. Yeah. And has no idea. But we have a 93-year-old right now. A 93. Who's just dying to go backstage and party in the pit at Carol. <laughs> I know she's. She's a woman? 
Uh, yeah. How's uh, how she look? Well, she's <laughs> that's sick. <laughs> you think she's a mother? <laughs> Who brought the old person? Was it their grandkid? Uh, you no, know I don't have his name. You know what just occurred to me, and I didn't think about this before, which is why it just occurred to me. These people aren't going to have driver's license. People who are 90 do not have a driver's license anymore. There's got to be some other kind of proof There's of ID. Be some proof, yeah. Right. So they brought down something that can show how old they are, though. All right, but they can just show me their teeth. How about a death? They have a death certificate, maybe? <laughs> and you just have to kind of fill in the date? We are in the process of bringing Ethel, the winner who was born in 1903, to the payphone right now. I will turn you over to Ethel, who is 93, and you can tell her uh, about the concert this weekend. Great. Okay, great. She's got a good time. Yeah. Hello? Hi, Ethel. Yeah. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Great. We're on the radio right now. Is that Okay. Yeah. Great. We play swing music here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like Benny Goodman? Yeah. We play Benny Goodman. Yeah. Right. What are you doing at the Talleyrand? Well, I don't know. I might have breakfast. Uh, that, yeah, that nice young man that just handed you the phone will buy you breakfast. Oh, he will. Sure. Sure he will. Okay. Who, uh, who got you to come down? Tell us the story of how you ended up down there at the Talleyrand. I heard it on the radio, and I called my grandson. You, wait, wait, wait a minute. minute. You, you heard it? Uh-huh. You heard it on the radio? Yeah. You were listening to K-Rock? Yeah. You're 93, Ethel. Right. And you were listening? Sure. And you called your grandson? <laughs> I wake up early. Now, Ethel, are you sure that it didn't happen the other way around? Oh, yeah. Are You're you sure confused? your grandson didn't call you and say, Grandma, <laughs> no. I'm listening to K-Rock? Really? No, I called him. Why were you listening to K-Rock, Ethel? Well, I have to listen to something as I am dead. Now, you're just pulling our leg, aren't you? They, they set you up, didn't they, to tell us this? No. You're going to go? Well, I don't know when is it. It's, uh, you've won tickets for Friday night. Well, thanks for coming down to the Talleyrand today. Yeah, thank you. Ethel, what do you think of the nose ring that that young man Carson has on? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> wow, you're a happening woman. I guess. All right, hand the phone back to Carson, please. All right. Merry Christmas, Ethel. You need me? I think I love Ethel. Me too. I'm getting hitched next weekend in Vegas. Hey, Carson, they set her up to that, though. She wasn't listening to our show. She was. But she wasn't, is yes. the thing. All right, but let me tell you where your story breaks down and that it's not true. Right. It's only true right up to the point where it turns suddenly and horribly false. Where it's completely just <laughs> not true. We reject it totally. She's 93, Carson. Ethel's a hottie. Look, do you have any cash on you? Can you buy Ethel some breakfast? Yeah, I am going to buy Ethel some breakfast. There That's you go. great. Scrambled eggs. That- that- there you go. Yeah, yeah it's got to be soft. Yeah, something she can eat, right? <laughs> All right, Carson, great work, and we'll look for you on uh, K Rock tonight. You come on at six o'clock, I guess. Thank you very much. Thanks, dude. That's so that was Carson funny. doing a morning show gag. Wow, do payphones suck? Yeah, that's so funny. Wow, I'm glad man. they're dead. Pre cell phone, right there. Love that. How does that feel? <laughs> it's so funny that Carson would do that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, it's he so didn't... funny that Kevin and me were doing. Hey, bring an old person down. <laughs> Did a lot of those, man. Did a lot of those. My favorite thing, and and like you know, uh, you know, in today's digital age, you know, I mean, they don't do it as much. But naked with grandma. Yeah, I used to love naked because you would have to do it with the Polaroid camera. So naked, naked with grandma is you take a photograph of yourself naked standing next to grandma, and then you send it to us. And then no, the, you bring, yeah, it come, you you bring it in. You bring it in. Come yeah. down the first person. So uh, <laughs> legally, we couldn't say you know, um, the first hey, person. the first person. Yeah. So you had to say whoever by you know 10 a.m. So you you know you don't get in a car accident when you get right. to the radio station. So sometimes we would have like you know three people all naked <laughs> with grandma. All naked with the grandma. <laughs> but, but 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 the killer one. I'll never forget this. The killer one was one of the last ones we ever did, where um, the grandpa or grandma was blind. Yeah. So they just they were just taking. 
a picture with her grandparent, and the grandparent had no idea that they were naked. It was like, hey, nobody said that they had to see. They were like right. legally blind. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm writing awesome. down bring an old person for tickets. Oh, uh, we might God. have to bring that back. Love that. That was funny. So that worked funny. out well. <laughs> Before we wrap up the show, guys, I did have one inside joke that I was asked about in the hallway here, actually from one of our van drivers. He's like, why do you guys always say hit it, Steve? And it occurred to me, I didn't know the answer. And Omar, you do? Yeah. you got you got to tell us. <laughs> What's the end, the inside joke? What a dick. <laughs> What's the end, the inside joke? What's the end, the inside joke? Every time I hear it, I feel like a dope. So, uh, Hit It Steve uh, came about when uh, Ralph was doing some sort of bit where he had a hit uh, sound effect. Maybe it was a game or something. And Ralph has, also has this little box where he has a bunch of like sound effects where uh, he plays Hot Fudge Holy Moly and uh, some other sound effects that he has. The the sound, the cameras for the showbiz right. and stuff like that. Yeah, the shutter. So, he, he has that on his side of the board. And uh, so, so out of nowhere, you know, I mean, they're doing five hours of live radio. It's going to be natural for them to have brain farts, right? right. So, so being out of nowhere, he's all, hit it, Steve. And then Ralph, Ralph's like, what? We've been working together for like over 10 years. Who the hell is Steve? You know what I mean? Really? And it's one of those things, yeah, that just just people loved it. So Kevin started mocking being like, hit it, Steve. You know what I mean? And it just took off from there. And so now and it's a go-to, so yeah. now Anytime, you know, uh, we have to play an intro or it's a cue to play some sort of audio. Audio. Yeah, yeah hit it, Steve. Yeah, I always thought Steve. that it was just a, they had ripped it off from a TV show or something, no. but no, that's no. not the case. No, no. It was, it, was, it was a case of mistaken identity, and we fell in love with it because it was like so left field, you know what I mean? It was, it was magical. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the inside joke on that. Yeah. I think that was a decent show, guys. I mean, uh, we stuttered and stammered a little bit. But I think overall, well, that's what we it was, do. It was it was okay. I, I guys, I want to take this opportunity that because next next podcast, yeah, epic, epic. Okay. You know why? No. People often ask, how did um, how did Mr. Bertram get on the show? Adam Carolla. I heard about some fight that Jimmy Kimmel was in with like a the maintenance man. Oh. Like what was that all about? Blah blah. We are going to play audio from the Bleda in Reseda. The Bleda. Yes. Oh, damn. I've never heard it either. I know you haven't, nor have the listeners. For whatever reason, it never aired? It, it aired once right afterwards, and I don't think we brought it back in 20 years. Dude. Okay. Just uh, don't give anything away, but just, just briefly give what was the Bleda and Reseda? The Bleda and Reseda was a fight in a real ring in front of a real audience with real judges like, from uh, uh, Michael the Maintenance Man mm-hmm. versus Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> I can't wait. And that's how, actually, they discovered Adam, right? This Adam. is how we just... Dis- <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It's, next, all, it's all there. Next okay. podcast. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. So that sounds good. It is, uh, it is amazing audio, and you will not believe that it happened and that you weren't there to see it. Oh, I can't man. wait. I can't yeah. wait. The bleed and receive. Hey, email us, guys, right? We yep. need more suggestions. Omar at krock.com, lightning at krock.com, and king of Mexico at krock.com. Thanks yep. for listening. You got it. Hey, can I say that your voice sounded sexy? This oh, week. thanks. I, I know you're it. like fighting. Hey, I know I'm getting over cold. The B team. <laughs> yeah. The B team. The B team. Oh, that's right. The B team. Baby. I like the beat. Doom. Is it fresh? Doom. It's my favorite part right here. <laughs> All right, we're out.